2: Premier Structures is located in Athens, Alabama, and serves all of North Alabama, and is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. To find your career with Premier Structures, go to premierstructures.com or give them a call at 256-232-2092. Bob Sykes Barbecue has a big announcement. They are now delivering to your home or office. Just order online and we'll take care of the rest. Check them out at bobsykes.com. Sometimes life brings you a moment you always will remember or visit one of their six convenient locations in Huntsville, Florence, Warrior, Albertville, and Ardmore in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Bankston Motor Homes. Fuquay's Southern Soul Food is available at two locations. One in Rogersville in the Foodland Shopping Center on Highway 72 and one in Hartsell at 711 Nance Ford Road. Enjoy the salad bar and various delicious meats, vegetables, desserts on the all-you-can-eat buffet. Open Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Go see my friends at Fuquay Southern Soul Food in Rogersville or Hartzell and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. Now, with tomatoes and other fresh produce, Jay Calvert Farms in Coleman, Alabama is ready to serve you. Located at 30 County Road 260, Coleman, Alabama. You can go to their website at jcalvertfarms.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at jcalvertfarms. Give them a call at 256 636 2752. That's J Calvert Farms in Coleman, Alabama. somebody's like. You just may not have figured out how yet, and that's why you're listening to The Mark White Show.
3: Hi, I'm Crystal Gale, and you're listening to The Mark White Show, and one smile can make a difference.
0: Hello, I'm Gene Stallings, and this is The Mark White Show. Get off the sideline and get involved and make a difference in your community. You are listening to The Mark White Show. My daddy is your host, Mark White. Do
3: something good today.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Mark White Show as I come to you from Limestone Child Advocacy Center in Athens, Alabama. I have with me Margaret Holzer. She is from Huntsville, Alabama, attended Huntsville High School, also went to Auburn University and then was in the Olympics in Athens, Greece in 2004 and then Beijing in 2008. Welcome to the Mark White Show, Margaret.
1: Hi, thanks so much, glad to be here.
2: Glad to have you. I was invited to the conference yesterday, which was the second annual conference for Limestone Child Advocacy Center. When I saw the text from Christina saying you were coming, I didn't realize your background and what you were actually going to talk about. I was thinking, okay, she's gonna talk about swimming and Olympics <laughs> and you know participation in your sport, mm-hmm. but it took a serious turn when I found out that you had been abused as a child mm-hmm. this is something that you now share as an adult you share your experience you go to these advocacy centers and talk to DHR workers those who can help these children from being abused so you share your story openly yes and that's something that I did not realize and I'm sitting there and we're talking and you're saying well I, I go around the country and I, I share about the abuse I went through, mm-hmm. and your own story, yep. and it's a story, of course, of the the struggle that you went through, but also the success that you found on the other side. I, I just want you to share with listeners today who may not have known, like I <laughs> didn't know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: what your message is, what your story is.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's a story of resilience and of hope. Um, I think, especially with sexual abuse a lot of times we hear all these sad stories in the news or depressing stories or all the, the downfalls and the pitfalls and, 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 you know, not to take away from that or to say that those things can't happen. But I I think I like to remind people that terrible things can happen, but we, as, as a society, as humans are, are pretty resilient and you can come back from anything and that that's, that's not to take away from the hard work to get there. Um, But I I like to, I I think, remind people and encourage people, hopefully, that regardless of what you go through, you can come out and and reach your goals, whatever that means. So if that's becoming an Olympian, if that's being a CEO, if that's just having a happy marriage or a happy life, whatever those goals are, I I very sincerely believe that that's possible. And and if it's abuse, but also if it's if it's something else, if you've just if you've been through a horrible car crash or, you know, whatever the, the thing is. Um I just think keeping that positivity and and knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Yesterday at the conference, Carol Hogue shared darkness to light. She's from South Carolina Mm -hmm. and there was a program that we went through for several hours watching videos, listening to the stories of those who had been abused, and several of them had started organizations, foundations because of what they had gone through. Mm -hmm. So they took a step to try to help other people Mm -hmm. beyond their own story. And I know that there are people out there right now who have a story, but they haven't shared it yet. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have shared their story and then decided that they wanted to help other people in the process. Mm -hmm. What was it for you that caused you to want to step out and to not just share your story but to make a difference in the lives of others who are affected by this
1: yeah um well i've i've known that i wanted to be involved since i was 11. so i was 11 years old when i disclosed my abuse to my parents and my case got thrown out of court and i i did not understand the legal system and so i've i've known for a really long time that I wanted to do something. I, I didn't know what that something was. And so I think the first step was learning about it. Um, I have a degree in psychology from Auburn and and a lot of reasons for that degree was I wanted to learn more about the topic. I wanted to see if I wanted to be a psychologist. I, I quickly learned that I didn't. <laughs> I would have been terrible at that job. Um, but I think that was the first step in that journey of is that the path I wanna go? And then it was just figuring out where do I fit into this and, and what path could I go and actually be of some use. And then obviously I was an athlete and and that was unrelated, but somewhere along the lines, I figured out that I had a platform as an athlete. And it took me a while to, to have the courage and the guts to use it. Um, I thought about it you know, in 2004, going public with my story, I was 21 years old and in no way, shape or form was I even remotely ready to do that. And so, you know, I, I didn't. And then in 2008, I, I still wasn't necessarily ready. Um, but I think I had a very important realization, which was, up to that point, I think in my head, I'd had this thought of like, I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm gonna wake up one morning and I'm gonna be married with 2.5 kids and a white picket fence, and you know, the stars are gonna be shining, you know, roses, whatever. And I just woke up one day and I'm like, that's not real life. You know, like, I'm never gonna wake up one day and want to talk about this. So if it's gonna be miserable, like, I might as well get it over with. Um, so that was part of it. And then, like I said, having that platform. I just, I felt like it was very important to use it. And then I couldn't, I couldn't have this incredible opportunity and not use it. And so that it was kind of the combination of the two. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't mean to become a speaker. I actually at the time thought, well, I'm going to disclose, it's going to be in the newspaper and then that's going to be it. And I honestly didn't know that there, there could be more. And, uh, at the time I had an agent and after I disclosed, um, all these organizations actually started calling my agent and saying, you know, will she come speak at events? And my agent calls me and says, are, are you okay with this? And I was like, huh? <laughs> like I, I had honestly never thought about it. And so I was like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of just like doing a, a live interview. So yeah, let, let's try it. And so, you know, that was what, 15 years ago. And so I'm still doing it. And I, and I very sincerely love doing it, but I, I think people kind of naturally fall into their paths in life. And, and so, yes, I have known I wanted to be involved, but it it, it has taken a turn that I, I didn't necessarily expect, but I'm very happy it went that way.
2: The real conversations don't necessarily come through what we're doing right now. Are you talking to any media or public speaking, but those side conversations when an individual comes to you and one-on-one because you've shared your story they want to interact with you and share their story. Mm-hmm. And that's where the real, I believe, real important conversations come from is for someone to know that there's someone who went through an experience that they've experienced mm-hmm. and that they can break down. They can do whatever they feel like they need to do to get that information out of their
1: system yep. to be able to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I can honestly say, uh, I've never done an event and not had somebody disclose to me. Um, and, and I am always incredibly honored, you know, when people feel like they can tell me their story. I mean, they're not necessarily disclosing for the first time, although I have had that happen, but I'm, I'm always honored that people feel like they, you know, want to share that and that I can create that space. And, you know hold that for them and and just that people want to be able to talk about it absolutely and the fact
2: that you haven't gone to a place where someone hasn't disclosed to you means that this is very rampant it's something that (laughs) yes is happening a lot to people yeah it's not a a rare thing at this point when you look at the numbers Mm -hmm. of how many children how many kids are affected by this it's a huge number Mm -hmm. that are affected that we don't know about necessarily.
1: Absolutely. And, and I, I don't think the numbers even reflected accurately because, I mean, we have statistics, you know, one in 10 children um, before the ages of 18, but but then we have follow-up statistics and, and I don't remember the numbers accurately, but, you know, some huge number of kids that, that aren't disclosing. So you add that into the mix and, and that changes everything, right? I mean, if we actually had accurate numbers from all those kids not disclosing, if they were disclosing how high are the numbers? How many kids is this actually happening to? And then, and that's just kids, right? I mean, that's not even accounting for, for date rape or for sexual harassment in the workplace or, or things that are happening to adults. That's, we're just talking about 18 and under right now.
2: And when we think about kids and the responsibility of adults, caregivers, and how we can protect children, what are some of the things that you've learned over the past 15 years as you've gone to different places like limestone child advocacy center maybe some things that you've learned that that parents or caregivers can do to try to help protect their child
1: i mean i think some of the biggest things are are being open in communication and and not being afraid to have those conversations and sometimes they're uncomfortable right but i think as adults we have to equip our children with knowledge You know, knowledge is power. I I had a teacher that used to say that and um you know, having those conversations. And I think it starts with body safety. You know, it, you know, you don't have to tell little, little kids, you know, super explicit stuff, but you know, start t- telling them about good touch, bad touch. You know, when is it okay for someone to touch you? Who is allowed to touch you, right? If you're in the bath, you know, like who are the appropriate people and, and you start having those good touch, bad touch conversations, explain the difference between surprises and secrets. You know, you shouldn't be keeping secrets from mommy and daddy or from you're you know the people that are taking care of you your caregivers um but also creating a safe place so that if something does happen that kid can come to you because if 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 the kid feels like they can't come to you and tell you that this terrible thing has happened they're not going to and and so it's creating a place that you know of honesty of, of safety that this child knows that they can come to you with anything and they're not going to be in trouble they're not going to be blamed you know it's it's starting those conversations of you know, openness. And, and I think that starts at a young age and, and again, it doesn't have to be inappropriate, but it just, it starts with having those conversations age appropriate and then continuing them on up.
2: And you've gone not only into the United States, but across the border to Canada, you've spoken internationally now, right? So you've been open to traveling a lot of different places to share your message. How have people contacted you, Got in touch to be able to get you to come and speak like for Limestone Child Advocacy Center?
1: Yeah, um, I'm easy to find. You know, the hardest thing is honestly spelling my last name. So, um, but I'm easy to find. So uh, I have a website. I'm, I'm on all the social medias. Um, so it's, it's really just, you know, looking me up, sending me a message. Um, you can send me a message through my website or message me through the social medias. Um, I don't check those quite as frequently, but I do check them, and then um, I eventually will get back to people and, and kind of go from there.
2: Well, Margaret, it's been a pleasure to have you back here in North Alabama. You've been over to Huntsville with your mom. I know. I have been, as I've been, far I've, as yep. being at Huntsville High School, have you visited with students in the past?
1: I have, not recently, but I have been there before. Or, or you know, Yes, of course I've been there before, but I have been there in, in recent years, just not recently.
2: <laughs> well, Mrs. Flippo has taken the role of principal. She might be a great contact for you. I just did an interview with her two weeks ago okay. for the Huntsville High School Spotlight. She was the assistant principal for eight years, and now she's the principal of the school. Gotcha. And I think she'd be very interested in having you speak to the students. She's very inclined, I believe, to that Direction to try to help students in that way.
1: Fair enough. Thank you.
2: Margaret, thank you for joining me here on The Mark White Show today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
2: Folks, when we come back, we'll have Carol Hogue to talk about darkness to light. I hope you'll stick with us. You are listening to The Mark White Show, and I'm your host, Mark White.
3: Make a difference. All we have to do is try. Every day's a chance to change somebody else's life. Unless I'll do something good today.
0: This is Cora White inviting you to tune in every Saturday to Cora's Corner on the Mark White Show.
2: Chick-fil-A Decatur, Alabama is a supporter of the Mark White Show and we appreciate their support. You can visit one of the two locations at Chick-fil-A on Beltline Road and Chick-fil-A Highway 31 South in Decatur. Marmac Real Estate has eight offices throughout the state of Alabama. That includes Decatur, Hartzell, Coleman, Florence, Killen, Muscle Shoals, Orange Beach, and Dauphin Island. There are more than 140 agents throughout Alabama. You can easily reach one of those agents by going to marmac.us and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. Welcome to a special segment of the Mark White Show coming to you from Athens, Alabama, as we've just completed the second annual Limestone County Child Advocacy Center Conference. We've been listening to Carol Hogue for the past couple of hours as we've talked about darkness to light in child sexual abuse. And I have Carol with me right now. Welcome to the Mark White Show, Carol Hogue.
3: Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here.
2: Let's talk about your background with stewards of children by darkness to light. What led you to this program yourself?
3: I have a son who was sexually abused as a child. And when he disclosed, I wanted to find a way to make a difference for other children and other families. And this was the program that was, uh, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. So this was the program that I I knew of and was familiar with. And I just latched onto it and never have let go. That was uh, my affiliation with them started in 2006. But prior to that, I was passing out brochures and information to people before Stewart's was even created.
2: Of course, in this conference, we had individuals who were social workers, DHR. We had people in the community, people from the medical field. Your background itself, other than your own son being abused, what was your background? prior to that, was it in social work or or that area, that arena?
3: It was in social work and also uh, administration of uh, nonprofits.
2: In particular, what do you like about Stewards of Children by Darkness to Light, the program itself? What is it specifically that you think is going to be helpful to the people who receive the training?
3: It's a training that covers a lot of material. Uh, and provides people with some basic information on how they can begin to protect children the minute they leave the training. And so it's very practical, it has a lot of good information, a lot of good facts, but it also um, just lets people know what they can do immediately to protect children and then how to respond if something were to happen later on. So it, it really is a great 101 type course for anybody in the community.
2: Obviously since 2006, you've been able to have a lot of feedback from people who've gone through the program. What's something that stands out to you as far as a response, a review if you will, of this particular program and effort?
3: People love it because it is so user friendly. It's, It's easy to put into place if you have an organization that doesn't have a policy and you want to help them understand why they might want to create a policy beyond the legal ramifications of not having one, but if you want to motivate people to create policy in their organization so that they can better protect children and their organization as well, then starting with Stewards of Children is a great place because it lets you know what a good policy looks like, what the facts are, how you can minimize opportunity. There are just um, so many things there that if, if you have a need or a question, We are likely to hit upon that question in the training.
2: One thing that stood out to me, because here in the South we have traditions, we have a lot of behaviors that are considered normal behavior. We're, I believe, closer knit at times in our communities. And so there are some things that you talked about which take maybe breaking away from old habits, one-on-one type of interactions with young people, trying to find ways and look around for ways to not get into situations that can that can either be harmful or look harmful to to a child
3: absolutely so you you don't want that appearance of of wrongdoing and and you also want children to truly be safe and so some of the things that you can do are avoiding one-on-ones making sure that everything that you do with a child is something that can be everything needs to be something that can be observed and interrupted And so if you have to have a one-on-one or if you need to have a one-on-one with a child, go outside and sit on a bench or sit under a tree or sit in the bleachers in the gym where other people are coming and going. Uh, If you're in a building or a hallway and there's no one around and you know that there is a camera close by, move toward that camera and have a conversation in front of the camera. Uh, There are just so many small things that we can do that make it easy to protect children and to help create a safe environment for children because we're all thinking about the same thing. It's almost like we're all singing from the same hymn, the same page and the same verse. We all sit down as a group and we take this training and then we have the opportunity to hear everything together which will then in turn create accountability for adults.
2: There's a lot of common sense in this, if we can use that.
3: (laughs) Common sense is often uncommon, but you're right. (laughs) There is a lot of common sense and just stop and think about it. And once you have seen this training, you can't unsee it. You can't, you no longer have the excuse. I don't know, or I didn't know because now you do know. And when you know better, you have to do better.
2: My background is being a police officer. And so when, let's say I had a female that I was transporting, I would call in my mileage. I would call in when my mileage ended. I had cameras, I tried to make sure because being a male officer transporting a female in that particular situation was concerning to me mm-hmm. and try to be as careful as possible so that there was nothing that could ever be said. Well. Officer White over here did this during this window, and we have no way to
3: account for it. That's right. That's really smart thinking on your part.
2: It put me on edge. Yeah. (laughs) So I started thinking differently, even as a very younger person at 21 years old, being a police officer, Mm -hmm. my mind actually shifted a lot to those type of scenarios and situations to be very careful and cautious in in whatever I was doing
3: right we all want to be above reproach we we all want to have we want to be honest and open and have integrity with people and when we operate from a place of uh, concern for the welfare of children and wanting to make sure that they have the best uh, safest most wonderful childhood they can have then we'll start to think about these things and it will come naturally it becomes a habit
2: well, Carol, you were talking about what's the next step. What are we going, going to do moving forward? Well, this is what the Mark White Show is doing, taking this segment, putting it out there so people will know about Stewards of Children by Darkness to Light. And I'm going to let you share how people can connect and find out more about this program.
3: Absolutely. So if you have the Internet, which most, most people do, our, our web address is www.d2l.org that's D, the number two, the letter L.org. Uh, you'll find a lot of information there. So if you find yourself having questions or concerns and you want to get some good information and material, there's that, but then there are also ways to connect to trainings that are happening in your community and other great resources that um, are just too numerous to talk about.
2: Carol Hogue, thank you first for stepping up for your son and beyond that, trying to help others in this process because you do understand and you wanted to help other families. So thank you for being a facilitator of this Darkness to Light program. Thank you, Mark.
0: With the Bible at the foundation, with all of our curriculum from pre-K to 12, ABS has something unique to offer. Find out more information at AthensBible.com.
2: Chick-fil-A Decatur, Alabama is a supporter of the Mark White Show, and we appreciate their support. You can visit one of the two locations at Chick-fil-A on Beltline Road and Chick-fil-A Highway 31 South in Decatur.
3: This is Cammie Kotler, and I played Elizabeth on the Waltons. Cora's Corner is coming up next, so stick around to hear a wonderful story.
0: It's never too early to save for college.
2: Contact Brad Wallace, your Edward Jones financial advisor, on Hughes Road in Madison, Alabama. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Welcome to another edition of Cora's Corner with Cora White. Today, Cora will be reading Hooray for the Golly Sisters. An I Can Read book by Betsy Byers and pictures by Sue Truesdale. And now here's Cora White.
0: The Golly Sisters Cross Big River. Big River, said May May. Very big river, said Rose. I think we should find another town, May May said. A town. On this side of the river, Rose said. No, that town is waiting for us. See the sign? Welcome, Maymay. Welcome, Rose. Giddy up, said Maymay. The horse waded into the river. You waded deeper into the river. You began to swim in the river. We're floating away, cried Rose. Goodbye, town, cried Maymay. Goodbye, world, cried Rose. Aye! yelled Rose. E! yelled Maymay. Maymay and Rose closed their eyes. Thump! May and Rose opened their eyes. The wagon was on shore. We're saved, Rose cried. Look, Maymay, here's another town. And another welcome sign. Welcome, Maymay. Welcome, Rose. We must be famous, said Maymay. Every town knows us. Let's give a wonderful show, said Rose. The Golly Sisters headed for town. Rose glanced over her shoulder. Big river, she said. Very big river, answered Maymay. The End
2: You have been listening to another episode of Cora's Corner from Cora White. Here on The Mark White Show, we're recognizing difference makers and sharing their stories to encourage and inspire. And I hope you will share the show with your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Let them know about The Mark White Show and what we're doing to make a difference in our communities around the country and the world. I want you to follow The Mark White Show on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to The Mark White Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. You have been listening to another edition of The Mark White Show, and this is Mark White
0: and Cora White
2: encouraging you
0: to find your purpose
2: by making a difference
0: in someone's life
2: today.
1: today. These are my kind of people.